You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis to talk about the NFL draft and how your Auburn Tigers did in it. Jared. How you doing? How you holding in there with the coronavirus stuff going on? We're holding up, man. Holding up. How about yourself? Doing well. Staying healthy. Trying to get outside at least a little bit. Could play some tennis at our uh, tennis court out here just to get out in the fresh air um, and do a little activity. But other than that, I mean, just holding in there. And uh, now uh, I felt like, at least with this NFL draft, it was almost like the first quote-unquote real event with athletics besides the shootout or maybe the Michael Jordan special that ESPN did. Uh, so at least it was something. It was something that we could watch over uh, the past few days. Um, Jared, how do you think the just doing it how they did, where it's obviously not a big, huge event where everybody comes to one place and the guys come, on, come up on stage, but how do you think it went at least doing it virtually like how they did it? Well, I mean, numbers-wise, I think it – destroyed the previous viewership on tv Um, yeah i mean and that's where they make their money on this i know that some of the hardcore fans actually show up there but yeah viewership was up i saw somebody write an article the other day that said nfl has a problem on their hand now because this was such a success and i didn't read the article but he was saying it was such a success (laughs) you know what are they gonna do when they get back to it and i don't know why it was i mean it was cool to see the family sitting around yeah um, you know, it was kind of funny seeing some of the, you probably saw some of the videos where a mom, you know, actually picked up a girlfriend and, and removed her because um, <laughs> yeah. they had rules. I didn't realize this. They had guidelines of, um, what you could and couldn't do. The NFL had said, you can only have six people in a room and yep. stuff. Um, I thought it was pretty neat though, to see the family and, and see more of a, um, you know, when they're up there on the, uh, the thing, they're more professional, Yep. um, which is cool. But I mean, this was more, all right, I'm in my environment. Yeah, you could um, you could definitely tell they were more comfortable. A lot of them were. Uh, sometimes they were in like uh, lounging pants or something, and some I even saw one. I can't maybe it was Jalen Hurts even had like a suit on. I was like, I bet he bought that before uh, knowing that the NFL draft was canceled, and he just wanted to wear his nice suit. Um, which I bet you that suit business is hurting a little bit, considering there's usually two hundred or so suits that are bought from this. Um, oh yeah, but... <laughs> the fallout is yeah. It's stu- I, every day something gets brought like that right there. I didn't even think about that. You know, a suit business being affected by it. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. I really did like that you got to see not only the players that were getting drafted, but any of the coaches and the general managers. Uh, that they they were just in their houses. They were in their office um, at their house drafting, and you got to see sometimes their their family, their dogs show up. 
I thought it was kind of interesting. I, I personally liked it, and maybe that's something in the future that they go to, even if they do have a live event. They have some sort of aspect of let's show the real life uh, of some of these some of these players, um, and I think that would be kind of neat um, just to see a little bit of. Speaking of houses, <laughs> Cliff, did you see Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, my goodness. And then Roger Goodell, like he was in like a closet or something doing the draft yeah. on the first round. And then Cliff Kingsbury sitting in a mansion. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I don't even know if that was real, but yeah. um, if it is, I'm very jealous. Yeah, the, there were definitely some very interesting houses. Like even one, I think my wife pointed out that he was definitely not in his regular office. It looked very feminine uh decorated um <laughs> and he she was like yeah that's probably like his wife's office and he's just working in it right now <laughs> yeah it's it was definitely you it was kind of interesting to see some people just had the backdrop of the team and some yeah. people had some people literally had a very basic like belichick he was sitting at like a dinner table and it looked <laughs> yeah. like even wall at literally wallpaper yeah not paint it was it was like a house in the 80s or something so. classic i could totally see him doing that like he, yeah he probably <laughs> did that on purpose he probably lives in a mansion and he's like he's got that uh he's got that image of i don't care so he probably did that on purpose yeah you're probably right you're probably right um let's talk about auburn and and also the sec and how they did in this nfl draft uh so the sec if you haven't heard set another record lots of records in this actually um for the 14th year in a row had the most players drafted than any other conference so you know that kind of shows you the dominance of the sec over the last 14 years in the nfl draft uh and then on top of that uh, in just the top 20 picks of the draft 10 of those so half of them were from the sec uh that's the first for any conference ever to do that um i mean put in perspective no conference has had more than eight players in the first 20 picks in the draft history ever so to have two more on top of the record previously unheard of um but i think that kind of brings up a point of the sec and how well they develop players to get them into the nfl and just the almost the grind every single week of yeah we know an SEC conference schedule Auburn's going to face some really tough opponents even if it's not as well known opponents like Mississippi State even miss, teams like Mississippi State put up five players in the NFL draft so that's super impressive to me um but how do you think going up against this extremely tough opponents just throughout the SEC season uh kind of builds on itself and and like it's showing 14 years now in a row the sec has been the most players drafted than any other conference yeah i mean it's an interesting stat and i think it's even i think it's even more a wider gap than than it even appears to the eye because uh, you take out ohio state and clemson and there's probably more sec players taken in the top 20 so oh yeah it was basically uh first round was basically sec ohio state and clemson um, and I'm not knocking other schools. That's just what it was. Um, you know, it is, it's crazy. I, as much as I dislike, you know, Nick Saban and wish he would not have come to Alabama. Um, I, I think he's definitely elevated everybody's game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's forced everybody to put more focus on recruiting and, um, you know, we, we don't ever want to admit that, but he, he's probably helped us in some respects, to be honest, um, and it's just, uh, I, you know, Colin Cowherd 
he probably did this 15 years ago. He said, uh, and again, this is no knock. This is what he said, and there's probably some proof truth to this. He said that the cold weather uh, universities are never going to dominate again. Now, Ohio State does, but he said because you can easily travel anywhere now, mm-hmm. and there's you know more exposure to other teams now that everybody sees, and so yeah. you, they're all going to go to these warm weather environments, um, and that's really where you're seeing most of the uh, athletes come from. Yeah, you can definitely probably point to that. Um, if I was an athlete, and I mean, I've lived in the South my whole life, so I don't, I, I don't have that. I don't want to go up and live in the North if I can help it. But if, I don't know, like if I had the chance to come play at a Southern team where it's a little bit warmer and get the exposure that I wanted, I'd absolutely do it. And the teams down in the South right now are the ones that are consistently giving getting that exposure. So maybe that has to do with it. I mean, a lot of them are in the SEC or Texas kind of area that, I mean, I guess Texas is still SEC, but you know what I'm saying? Like that area um, that players can play. This is all so fine on what tips somebody one way or the other, if we're all doing this legal and you don't ever know what it's going to be. But if you're looking at two different schools and one of them, is a warmer climate. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that does tip the scale that way. And uh, again, not knocking anybody doesn't mean that the Big Ten and the the schools in the Midwest, the Big Twelve, can't be successful. They can. Yeah. Um, but I think the majority of the talent is going to go uh, to a warmer, or at least uh, Calhard was making that argument. And I think the data has slowly started to to show that. And I, I'm not even a huge fan of his, but I do agree with that uh, statement. Yeah. Uh, let's look at Auburn specifically and how we did in the NFL. Um, I, I like this tweet from Justin Ferguson because I feel like it kind of encompassed how well Auburn did. Um, so this is from Justin Ferguson's Twitter account. Uh, Auburn finished with a program record tying six players taken in the NFL with two first rounders for the first time since 2014 headlining the class. So pretty solid. Um, and then to add on top of that, uh, there was also a stat that came out about the last two years. So we've had back-to-back years with six players getting drafted. That hasn't happened for Auburn in a two-year span since 1989 and 1990. Pretty impressive um, since it hasn't happened in essentially 30 years. Um, and I don't. I think that says a lot to the, the coaches around just coaching these guys, not only getting the, the talent in, but also doing some development, which I feel like sometimes can be a testy word with Auburn fans. <laughs> um, did we develop our players or not? I, I I think we did. Now, did we get the absolute maximum out of every single player? Eh, probably not. But we at least developed them enough to get the eye of the NFL on them. I mean, you look at, and we'll get into it in a little bit, somebody like Noah Ibnogany, who transitioned from wide receiver two defensive back that's a hard transition and somebody who gets drafted in the first round that's that's pointing to me not only just like his his talent but the amount of coaching that has to go on at such a high level in the sec and be able to go against some of the best players and that that's not just saying for Noah Ibnani but it's other players um, that are that are having that same experience yeah I don't think we had any skilled players on the offensive side um uh, the offensive lineman it's a little promising to me that you know uh two guys from probably two of our 
uh, least productive years on the offensive side actually got drafted. So yeah. maybe that's a good sign of, all right, look, that's kind of like uh, we've kind of hit the, the – the, we're going to start going up from there basically because we even had two guys drafted from not great classes. Yeah. Um, uh, the defensive side, I don't think there's any question. I think those guys have a plan. They know what they're doing. And um, but you got to give Gus credit, man, because Gus, you know, he brings it. I mean, he signs off on these guys, and he signed off on Noah, and we brought him in as a receiver, no doubt. But we saw some talent there uh, to bring him in, and then that allowed. And then he, I think, I don't know who brought it up to flip him to DB, but um, whatever happened there, you know, Gus has to approve that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think the development happens one on one with the the position coaches, but um, Gus does deserve credit even on the defensive guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about the specific players uh, that got drafted. And we'll start from Derek Brown and go down. Um, so Derek Brown, we know this very well, got drafted first round, uh, seventh pick by the Panthers. Um, so it looks like the Panthers were kind of looking for that rush stopper, somebody who can just get in there and stop the run. And uh, I looked up a stat. The Carolina Panthers were the NFL worst literally the worst in yards per rush defense. So they allowed 5.2 yards per rush. If I was a team playing the Carolina Panthers D last year, I'd be like, we're running the ball. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to run. That's it. Uh, 5.2. <laughs> I'm not good at math, uh, AJ, but to me, you do that twice, you got a first down. That's right. That's right. Um, it, it sounds like they're they're also trying to rebuild their team. And, I mean, what better person to do that? To help them is Derek Brown, a guy who really puts in the work. Um, and uh, it, it's very impressive to see what he did um, at Auburn. But there was so much double teaming that went on. I'm curious to see if he still demands that amount of respect from an offensive line uh, at the next level or if he gets more one-on-one situations where he can really show people what he can do. Um, so I'm curious about that. You know, there's two two – sad points to how the Nick Coe theme played out. Number one, for him individually, I think he has a lot of talent. But number two, I think Derek Brown would have even had better stats because if they had to account for Nick Coe as well, mm. um, which is what the good, well, that's the point you were getting at in the NFL, yeah. they're all good. Um, so if we had Nick Coe, Marlon, and Derek, I think that Derek's numbers would have been even more. I mean, when you watch video, obviously he knows what he's doing. Um, but uh, the numbers just weren't there. People were saying he should win the Heisman and stuff, and he was talented enough, but the numbers weren't there, and I think they, they would have been if you had another stud uh, productive D lineman like Nick Coe. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, who demands a little bit more attention from the offense. Um, though, as far as attention goes, it sounds like, and this was a quote from Joe Brady, who, if you remember his name, uh, he was the offensive coach at LSU who helped out their passing game. Um, with Joe Burrow, but he said that they specifically had the game plan for Derek Brown individually, individually planned for Derek Brown. And they said they didn't have to do that for any other team that whole season, just Derek Brown. So that's showing you how much respect uh, somebody 
like Derek Brown gets from all the coaches. Did you see what uh, they did? A th- I think it was Justin Ferguson. He did an athletic uh, article in the Athletic, and it was about what his teammates said about Derek Brown. And he threw in one from <laughs> Ed Orgeron, and it was essentially that situation where he threw the offensive lineman back into Joe Burrow, and <laughs> the offensive lineman looked over at Orgeron. He just kind of shrugged, and Orgeron said, "You know, on a radio station, he said, I've never seen that before.' <laughs> That's awesome." That that's crazy. I mean, w- when we saw it live, I was thinking, "What?" He literally didn't even have to touch the quarterback. He just moved the offensive lineman into Joe Burrow and sacked him. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And after that game, Ed Orgeron was very vocal, and there was a video clip. He went and gave Brown and Marlon mm-hmm. a hug, and was very like complimentary. Yeah. Um, like talking about how basically I'm glad we don't have to see y'all again and stuff like that. (laughs) Just shows you the talent that Brown and Marlon had. I know we're getting to Marlon later, but just the talent they have there. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about the next one. The second guy that got drafted for Auburn, Noah Ibnogany. And, uh, he got drafted in the first round, uh, 30th pick by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he'll be joining Chandler Cox and then also Tua Tungvaloa. So pretty impressive. I feel like Miami tried to draft, and this may be a little ridiculous, but the hardest last name players. I was about to say, you said that's impressive with them. I'm thinking, AJ, it's impressive you just pronounced both of those names. I'm not even going to try. You have no idea how many times I had to practice that. You did it. You did it well. (laughs) And I probably still messed up. You did good. I would mess up with Chandler Cox, so you did well. I'm (laughs) impressed. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, congrats to Noah, I mean, like we've already talked about, transition from wide receiver to cornerback. Um, he's got a ton of raw talent. Um, just to name a few, and I, I, I was curious to see the the other DBs that have been drafted by AU uh, from Auburn. And uh, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Noah Ibnogany over the last few years. So it's pretty neat to see not only we think of potentially probably linebackers and I don't know. It feels like the DBs don't get enough love a lot of times. And I think you're starting to see some real talent getting developed uh, at DB for Auburn. Yeah, I agree. And it's, you know, Noah's interesting because it wasn't, there's not a lot of highlight reels. There's not a lot of like interceptions or crazy hits. He just, they don't throw his way. I mm-hmm. mean, <laughs> he's just, and he, and you know, he was gifted with some lankiness and some, some height. Yeah. Um, but um, the little amount of time that he's played that position to go first round, I was very excited about Derek Brown, but we knew what was coming there. But to see Noah, uh, when I saw that on Twitter, I was, I was very excited. Yeah, me too. And, uh, something else about him. I mean, everybody was talking about, oh, he's an athlete. He's, his mom and dad were Olympic athletes. Okay. Whatever. I mean, you've got like, some good blood in you, some good athletic ability, but to transition like that, still incredible blows my mind um and and i feel like even this last year he got picked on so many times because they they probably viewed him as this is a new position guy he's not as talented and they started to pick on him i feel like and noah stood his ground um it was very rarely when i saw noah get beat and uh, i feel like the only times he maybe got beat was maybe a long pass uh that I mean, most DBs are going to struggle with anyways, like turning your head around and uh, making eye contact with the ball. So, I mean, other than that, that's just kind of like a minor little critique of what I saw out of Noah um, in his career at Auburn. 
Hey Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. Uh, let's talk about the next guy, DeAndre Swift, which, you know, is not an Auburn fan. Hunt, hint, hint. <laughs> but he got drafted very soon after. Um, but I wanted to bring him up just because I thought it was interesting and how it ties into Auburn is Carrion Johnson is on the Lions. DeAndre Swift got drafted by the Lions. And now you're going to have Carrion and Swift on the same team. But also Bo Scarborough. Do you remember that name? From Bama. So... Now they got three SEC running backs on the Lions. Pretty neat, in my opinion, to have three star-studded uh, running backs uh, at one SEC or one team like that. So, uh, what do you think of that? Like, how is that going to affect the the playtime that we're going to see out of Carry On um, for this next season? That's a great question. I don't know. Um, but Carry On is when he's playing and he's healthy, he's about as good as they come. Um, you know, when he's the problem is he can't stay healthy, and mm-hmm. it's not anything he's doing. It's it's kind of fluke plays. I mean, he got you know he got hit pretty hard. Was it the shoulder maybe in the Alabama game that yeah. you know kind of kind of cost us in the SEC championship? And I mean, that's just it was a hard hit. I mean, anybody would have gotten hurt. But um, I don't know. I mean, that's crazy. They have three. That sounds like they're trying to join the SEC West up there in Detroit. <laughs> but um, you know, about Swift himself, I, I wish it wouldn't have. I'm surprised he fell that far, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, he's he's pretty electric when the ball's in his hands. So I was surprised he fell that far. So it does scare me a little bit um, about Carrion, but um, Carrion needs to be spared a little bit too because of, of his injuries. Yeah, yeah. I saw a, the numbers on the amount of games that he had to miss, and uh, he was missing – he had missed 14 of the last 32 games. Hmm. Um, so almost half of those games he's missing because of injury. And uh, if you bring in other guys, now they've got DeAndre Swift, you're, you can kind of spread the load out a little bit, maybe spare, uh, carry on uh, from getting injured, and just keep the running backs going. Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting to have DeAndre Swift um, get drafted, even though they already have a – couple really star-studded uh running backs but hey it's one of those pounding kind of positions where you're you just get pounded over and over um and depth at that position doesn't ever hurt you uh the next guy that got drafted for auburn uh was marlon davidson he got drafted in the second round 47th overall uh, by the atlanta falcons um so 
I guess we can go look, watch him every once in a while if we want to, Jared, now that he's uh, going to be a Atlanta Falcon. I, I feel like he definitely staying for that extra year, it, it helped him pay off. Now that you see where he got drafted, kind of middle of the pack in that second round, uh, how do you think that, that staying for his senior year instead of leaving after his junior year, which he easily could have and still would have gotten drafted, how do you think that's going to that, that's gonna help him? I think he benefited probably the most. Well, I mean, Noah, but Noah could, I don't think Noah could leave. Um, yeah, I think it was a great decision by him. I, I was thrilled. I was hoping he would make it into the first. Really doesn't matter. Um, I mean, you know, it's, you know, second round, it's still a lot of money. Um, For sure. I mean, he had more production than Derrick Brown this year, but Brown required double teams. Um, I think Marlon's leap from his junior to senior year was tremendous. He put in the work um, coming back. Both those guys benefited. I would say Brown was probably 15 to 20 in the first round. He went up to seven. Mm-hmm. Marlon, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I would have guessed fourth or fifth round, and he jumped up to the second. Yeah. Um, so I think it was a great decision by him, which is cool because it'd be cool if a lot of more kids, you know, if it benefited them to do this. I'm not going to knock them for going pro, but it's cool to see it, it work out. Um and maybe that'll lead to a little bit of a trend. Yeah, I mean, it was it definitely benefited Auburn over this last year, having some star-studded guys like Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown on the same team, on the same line. And, uh, I mean, it helped us, but it obviously is a two-way street year. It helped Auburn, and it helped them go uh, and become the higher-drafted player that they've been hoping. I mean, even Marlon said something, I saw a quote, he he couldn't he woke up at like 4 a.m. after the first round because he couldn't sleep and, and he was just frustrated that he didn't get picked in the first round just showing you how much desire he wanted to get a be a first round draft pick but i mean second rounds nothing to be scoffed at either um no no and you to be honest with you if you don't care about prestige and you know that that aspect second rounds probably be, he went up on a pretty good team yeah um you know, if you go real, real early, sometimes you wind up uh, not on, not on a good team, and that that could be, you know, that could be detrimental to your entire career. So, yeah. um, not not being a homer here, I am a Falcons fan, not not anywhere near Auburn, but level. But um, you know, they're they're quality, so he's going to be able to go in and have an immediate impact to hopefully, you know, get to the playoffs versus just you know trying to improve his stats. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one thing that I, I was trying to figure out was what what were the Falcons wanting with Marlon Davidson and it definitely seemed to be pass rush uh, because the the amount of sacks the Falcons had last year was 29th out of 32 teams almost at the very bottom and you're looking at Marlon Davidson who got to the quarterback he had a team high last year 7.5 sacks last season in the 2019 season so he can get to the quarterback. He has the moves. Um, I've heard he might get shifted from playing some tackle, some situations to playing some edge rushing. I could see him playing both. I mean, he played both at Auburn. Um, it's just, he's got to figure out what that combination of being inside versus outside, um, and what will work for him. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, they got rid of Vic Beasley and I think they, they kind of were able to shift Vic around a lot too. And Vic's very talented. I don't know this. Listening to 680, the fan, uh, a lot. Of, it always came up that 
Vic's problem was just the question of how how much he wanted to play football. So mm. um, I don't think there's any doubt Marlon wants to. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the quotes. He's like, I love doing this because I can push grown men around and not have to worry about getting arrested. Um, he's just a joy to be around. Um, I've even seen many, many Falcons fans that are very excited about it. And most Falcons fans are Georgia fans. So for them to be excited about grabbing an Auburn guy just tells you the kind of quality he is and really the, the character. And I've seen several uh, broadcast people saying he, he's just going to be a great interview. And he is because he's just like a kid. <laughs> so I mean, true. he just has fun with it. It's so true. Um, let's talk about the fourth guy that got drafted. This one took me a little bit off guard. Uh, it was Jack Driscoll. He got drafted in the fourth round, uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles. I was not expecting him to go so high. I was honestly anticipating like a sixth, seventh round, maybe even free agent for a Jack Driscoll, just considering where offensive line has been for the last couple of years. And he jumped up to that fourth round and, uh, even beat out Prince Tega. I mean, what do you what do you think of that? Because I feel like everybody had Prince Tega going maybe as high as third round, but like fourth, maybe fifth round, and and Prince Tega slid a little bit to the sixth round. What do you think of Jack getting picked before uh, Prince Tega? Jack, if you or your mom are listening, I love you, my man. Uh, <laughs> but I was very surprised you got taken in the fourth round. <clears throat> I'm excited about it. Um, I think he was very steady. I think he's uh, a, a good offensive lineman. And um, But I was very surprised he got taken in the fourth round. I think the thing with him is that you know more about what you're getting. And with Prince Tega, and I know we're going to talk in a minute, but Prince Tega, you don't know as much um, mm-hmm. just for some unseen, un, unforeseen issues there. But um, I was excited. But when I – I think I rolled over maybe that morning, and I don't know. I, I checked it at some point and saw him, and I was – I was surprised, but very excited. Yeah, me too. I mean, obviously, it's always great to see an Auburn Tiger get drafted, but I was fully anticipating Prince Tega to go. I mean, I kept seeing him on uh, even the experts, their list of what are the next top players that haven't been drafted. Prince Tega was on a lot of those. Yep. And he just never got drafted until that sixth round. And uh, I know some of it was the – potential doubt that player or that coaches and GMs had of just the, the very minor injury uh, that he had to his knee where he apparently had some uh, just fluid under his knee um, and uh, wasn't really a whole bunch. And even after they scoped it, they ended up pretty much saying like, yeah, it's not as bad as we initially thought. And then they ended up pretty much clearing out everything that, all the little stuff that was in there that was kind of messing with his knee. Um, but apparently he played through a lot of that for pretty much the last season. So I don't think it affected him nearly that much. But, of course, NFL, they're trying to uh, make sure that they where the money goes, they're, they're going to get some some return for it. And uh, that maybe that had to do with it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I th- yeah, that had to do with it, I think. You know, he wasn't able to, I guess, participate in any of the the um, postseason type, whatever little bowl games they have for. He wasn't a, well, yeah, he was a senior. I don't think he got to produce participate in that. Yeah. And then COVID hit, and he couldn't have in person interviews. I mean, mm-hmm. everything went wrong for Prince Tega. I yeah. think if I think in a perfect world, Prince Tega probably is a third round pick. Um, unfortunately, these things happened. 
He went to sixth round, and I think they got a steal. Absolutely. Because because if he if they can get him to reach his potential, um, it it's first round quality. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just gotta. But he hasn't been playing. I mean, didn't he? Did he come from Nigeria? Yeah, and he came here to play basketball. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he didn't did, even yeah. have his mindset on football until I think late in his high school career. So it was almost just like raw talent that. Yeah. Auburn had to develop into a guy like what we now have with Prince Tega. And I mean, that that's what we got. We got a lot of raw talent that's now been developed mostly, but not fully. And hopefully the Eagles kind of know that. I mean, I'm sure they do now that they've drafted him that they got to work on him a little bit, but for the most part, you got a solid frame guy and really for the sixth round. I mean, I, I don't know. That size guy, I'm still amazed that size of a guy made it to the sixth round and not being drafted by any I, team. I, I'm with you, and I think I could be totally wrong on this, but speaking just to his ability to, to go from basketball, first to a different country, basketball, and then mm-hmm. now a, a draft pick, um, I think we picked him up for defense, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say we grabbed him thinking he was going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Um could be totally wrong about that, but I, I think we did. And just there's just so many. He's kind of like Noah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, but uh, the unknowns are really good potentially. I mean, that ceiling is pretty high. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about the uh, fifth guy that got drafted for Auburn, Daniel Thomas. Um, I feel like, and I, I even tweeted this from the E2C account, that he's been overlooked and the underdog pretty much his whole life. Uh, I mean, even Auburn. I don't. We we knew who he was, but we didn't even offer him until pretty much the eleventh hour to see if we can get him. And ends up he becomes a starter for us, and uh, now drafted in the NFL draft, showing he he wasn't looked at by many teams getting recruited for college. But look at him now. Look at what he's doing. He's going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, and I know. I know somebody over there, Clint Richardson, is going to be real happy um, seeing another Auburn uh, Tiger in a Jaguars uniform. Um, but, I mean, what do you think of this, uh, him getting picked uh, for the Jaguars and uh, what he did for Auburn? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Daniel a lot. And I think that he's a uh, – I was surprised, to be honest, fifth round. I don't I don't know why. Um, surprised in the sense that I, uh, I was happy that it was that high. Um, but – I, I don't know all his stats. I just know that he was a, a quality player and he has a chip on his shoulder, I think, in a good way because he mm-hmm. has always been overlooked in his life. I think he was maybe the last addition. You may have said this, the last addition to that draft class or that recruiting class we had, or at least there at the bottom. So um, he's got talent and you get somebody with talent, a little chip on their shoulder, the right coaching, and it could be a long career. Absolutely. And uh, he showed himself to be a good player for Auburn, and uh, I'm sure the Jaguars are going to love him. Uh, the last one that got drafted, Prince Tega, we've already mentioned him, so I won't uh, belabor it too much. But uh, he got drafted in the sixth round, uh, 210th overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so pretty neat to see also him going and playing with Jack Driscoll. So Jack and Prince Tega will be playing together. Of all the players, uh, this may be – if they they for sure can get him healthy, he's good. He's going to be somebody that other teams are going to look at 
and want to trade the Philadelphia Eagles for because that's the talent that he's got. Yeah, he's got the frame like you talked about, and you know, if you get the right coaching with that, then um, you know, the sky's the limit on that. So I wish him well, and I think it. Uh, and the, hey, they they stayed on a team with the the eagle as the mascot. Mm-hmm. Um, although I know ours is really the tiger, but um, yeah. yeah, so they don't have to. They just got to change colors, but not necessarily what they say. So yeah, exactly. Well, that pretty much wraps up our discussion of the NFL draft. How do you think that the guys did overall? And I know there's guys that got picked up in free agency, which we'll talk about in the next episode um, that'll be coming out a week later. But what do you think overall with the guys that got drafted? How do you think they did? I I think it probably was as good as could be, to be honest with you. You know, when I, you know, we knew we pretty much knew that Brown, Marlon, and Noah were going to be taken probably taken before round three. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, after that, and probably my own fault, I was like, I don't know who else gets drafted. Well, I know we knew, we knew Prince Tega probably would be too, but, um, uh, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know what we're going to wind up with. Maybe four players drafted. Uh, to get six was pretty good. I'm yeah. very impressed with that. And I think they all pretty much, other than Prince, probably landed about where we thought they would. Um, you know, so to me, overall, about as happy as you could be. So um, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, this is a a lot better, even if you look at the numbers, the amount of players that we got drafted in the last couple of years. We've gotten 12 drafted in the last two years. I mean, you can obviously talk about development like we've already talked about, but they've done it. They've had enough development to get their eyes from the NFL. And these players, hopefully – uh, Lord willing, these players are going to be in the NFL for a while and we're going to see them play for a while. So um, I always love keeping at least an eye out, especially when it comes to fantasy football. I don't pay as much attention to the NFL, but at least I do for the fantasy football uh, leagues that I'm in. So it's always fun. I hope um, one of my team or one of my leagues this year does uh, potentially a, where you get to pick defensive players too. I've done a, a couple leagues like that before. So I hope one of my leagues does that because I will be picking a lot of these players <laughs> and people would be freaking out and be thinking, why is AJ picking Derek Brown in the second round? I'm like, you don't know. You don't, don't worry, know. my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get that surprise. Yeah. I mean, I would like to, we do need to get some skill players in there on the offensive side. Just ultimately it doesn't Gustin have to do anything to, to prove himself to anybody, but that would help in recruiting if we mm-hmm. can get back to putting, you know, and we probably will next year. I mean, Seth Williams, yeah. if he doesn't make the NFL, I'd be surprised. So that, that's coming. Um, you know, it's kind of a shame Booby's, you know, not technically going to be with us because I think next year he'll probably, you know, if he stays healthy, he might get drafted somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think we all think Bo Nix will eventually. But we need to get some skill offensive players in there because that will let you go into these recruiting houses and say, look, you know, here's XYZ who got in the NFL. Yeah, you got a point. I mean – the the offensive guys were offensive linemen, and even still, they're they're not the wow. Let's look at this guy. Um, like even some people may not have ever heard of Jack Driscoll just because he's an offensive lineman. But you hear about the Bo Nix, you hear about the Seth Williams, you hear about the Bowie Whitlow. That's the kind of wow everybody name recognition um, that you can throw at and say, hey, we got this guy in the NFL. Come play for us. We'll do the same for you. And that's that's a huge recruiting tool. It is. I mean, that's I mean, that's what that's about all Saban does now. He just 
they keep pumping them out and mm -hmm. it's annoying to hear the names called but it happens every year so it's kind of a system that just works itself now and we need to do our best to get to that point we'll never be fully at that stage for different reasons but um yeah um, yeah for sure uh jared anything else uh before we go no i mean i'm just really excited uh, it was you know i don't pay attention to the draft that much i probably did a little more this year because um, i'm just starving for sports and we do this podcast um, but i was pleased i was excited i thought it went well and i think we got some real high character guys and i think that uh, that's also going to bode well for people drafting future auburn players for sure for sure Jared, before you go, do you want to give them your social media so they can stay in contact with you? Yeah, you can just you can uh, check in on me on Facebook and Instagram, and it's just under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?